I'm James Zug, and this is Outside the Glass. Today we're talking with Olivia Bladford. She's an American player, has one of the great careers uh, so far of uh, any American. She's um, 27 in the world right now and has won five PSA uh, tournaments. Um, really a uh, wonderful career, and she's only 24, just turned 24 in January. We uh, uh, are inaugurating a new series uh, on Outside the Glass where we talk uh, to people about their best win, worst loss, and memories of the first time they ever played squash. And um, this, uh, this interview with Olivia just totally nails uh, all, three of those, uh, all three of those questions. I'm Olivia Blatchford. I grew up in New York City, but my family now resides in Wilton, Connecticut. Tell us your best squash win ever. Or we can start with your worst squash loss. Um, well, on paper, my best win was when I beat Madeline Perry in the quarterfinals of the Irish Open couple years ago on paper I, and I definitely I guess yeah a little bit euphoric because she at the time was seven in the world and uh, she had just gotten to the finals of British Nationals and all that and it was uh, her home country home you know yeah right? so yeah like, people were really rooting for her oh definitely that and day. I was definitely not supposed to be doing what I was doing which is always fun who doesn't like to be breaking rules um, but I think actually one of my most uh, it was kind of in the same span. I had a good run of, of things going on, but I played in a tournament right after the Pan American Fed Cup that was being held in Mexico, and it was at altitude. So we were about close to 10,000 feet above sea level. And, yeah, high altitude. And um, I played Sam Turan in the semifinals of an event there, and... In between, I won 3-1, and it was like it was a tough, tough battle. And in between games, they're going, you know, the crowds went like Mexico, and it was on a glass court. You know, it was a small, it was a women's 15k and a, and a bigger men's event. And here we were on the glass court in in the middle of uh, Mexico City. And yeah, and I just remember feeling after that like this rush of like I think that was the greatest feeling where I could be like that was wow that was really amazing I ended up winning the tournament I didn't think I thought that the final was anticlimactic compared to the semifinal which is kind of crazy to think of so it's funny that both these matches that you've talked about are matches that we you were like in a sort of hostile environment where the the player you were playing was the hometown favorite yeah so is there something about that that like being you know I mean being kind of alone or being, uh, you know, against the grain, like against the, the flow of, of all those people there? I think, you know, it's funny. I think sometimes it works for you and sometimes it works against you because I've had plenty of times where I'm in the home, the hometown and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is, I feel like I'm playing someone and the army that supports them. Right. But then again, at the same time, on, on special occasions, I feel like it makes you rise and you say, okay, you know what, let's get stuck in and let's be, let's, let's be a part of it, not just have it happening to you, which is, I think you can kind of, it can either be on top of you or you can be within it. And I think the times that I felt like 
I was within it and it was up, it was what was happening around me, not on top of me. That's when I, I felt like so it was So that's a really interesting positive. psychological point about um, like being in the moment and not being intimidated by the moment, but but sort of um, almost savoring it and exactly. saying saying like, yeah, everybody's yelling, you know, against me. Yeah. So that but you sort of say that's kind of neat. Like yeah. here I am in Mexico or here I am in, in, in Ireland. That's right. And and I I um, like what a riot! Like how fun, like, how weird, how how exactly. challenging. I want to see if I can enjoy the challenge. That's and it's not. I think it's, you know. I mean, hmm. I think we're all a victim to occasion yeah. all the time, right? It's always oh, I need to rise or I need to. This is happening, so I I must fight against it right. or it, it becomes another enemy. And I think that actually, when you just sit down and you're like, wow, I'm in, I'm in this battle where there are people chanting in between, and maybe it's not for me, but it's for someone, and it's, I'm, I get to be a part of it, that's when I think you're able, at least I'm, I felt like I was able to be in it and, and actually enjoy it. So, I mean, that and my lungs were burning, so it was kind of like, well, you don't really have to pay attention to them. You're deprived of oxygen, it's fine. <laughs> so... And it's funny about winning a match and then the next match is anticlimactic, you know, sort yeah. of, um, it, you know, every match is different and like some of the titles you've won or whatever aren't as important personally than no. that victory, right? Like, no. oh yeah, I've won X thing, but really for me it was the semifinals was yeah. more powerful. No, definitely. Because it's, I mean, I think most athletes would agree that it's not always a series that makes up, you know, little. it's always the little components of it. Mm. And I just remember thinking like, oh, this, and I, I won, like it was the biggest tour title I've won to this day. And I'm like, oh, that was kind of boring. You know, like I was playing a, a South African girl and here we are like an American and a South African in Mexico and like no one really cares except for us. <laughs> you know, like they're they're well, like, the oh, crowd whatever. must have been small, yeah, right? They're just, you know, like they're clapping. They're like, great. Yeah, whatever, like these right. chicks are going at it. But, you know, the one before it was like everyone's engaged and, you know, it's, you know, uh, it's, you're a part of it. And, yeah. it's, and then it's fun, you know. What about your worst loss ever? <sighs> Worst lost ever. Um, you know, I'm trying to be more positive. I don't lose, I learn type of mentality, which for sure um, is is a difficult feeling and a difficult mentality to come into. Um, my worst one that I ever lost. Where, well. Actually, two years, I mean, they're not the worst results because these all the players that I've lost to all are very good squash players. Yeah. But I'm thinking about, like, a loss where I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I was so close. And, it like, it was gut-wrenching that it was so close and I was so far at the same time. Mm-hmm. Was I played Samantha Cornett in the Kara Weimler, uh two years ago. And I went down two loves. She was playing fantastically. And I was like, you know what? Come on. Just let's get back into it. Let's see what happens. We'll just, let's stay in it as long as we can. From here, we'll, we'll make it happen. And I got back to two all, 10-7 match ball up. So from two love, getting my ass kicked. I think the first two games were like three and three. To 10-7 match ball up. And I'd fought so hard and played so well. And then... 
was what like happened? A, what I, happened to those I points? lost. I lost. I, I don't even think I, I made errors. It just I think happened. I think it just yeah. happened. And it's funny because I rem- I remember thinking even at 10 7 up, I have to finish it now. Right. And I, then I didn't finish it then and then I lost. And I remember like sitting in the car cuz we were driving back to 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 Connecticut and I just was like <gasps> I'm not going to sleep tonight. And and I mean that was brutal. And then actually the next year the basically the exact same thing happened. I lost 14-12 in the 5th with match balls to Lena Hansen this time of the Carolina Miller. So and that's sort of not home court, but like it is know, a little bit. Though. Played, that's where I grew up. Yeah, you grew up. Yeah, like this is kind of. Like, oh, definitely. So, so this is your your deal. It's like you're good when it's like you finish oh, yeah. matches when you're in like a hostile environment. Yeah. And on your home court, something kind of oh, happens. Yeah. And it's tough, you know. Like, I mean, it is what it is. So one thing is like at match ball, you know, everybody has these different theories about you know just pretend it's another point. Yeah. Um. You know, you're up 10-7, like you have a couple match yeah, points, like, like you can go... Squander you, one. You, yeah, yeah, you can squander one. So some people are like, just go for it, like go for the winner and finish yeah. the match. Other people are like, you know, the attitude is, is, is just keep the ball in play, make the other person make an error. Yeah. You know, the, so like, do you even have a conscious theory of like match points or is it just like it, they happen and sometimes you win them and sometimes you don't win that point? You know, of late... I would say that I convert more match balls than I don't. Mm. Not saying that I have tons of match balls all the time, but when I do, I think that I'm converting them more than than maybe back then because that was a big thing for me was understanding, wow, I had this and what to do from there. And I didn't used to have, I think before it used to just be like, I almost wished it would just be 11. And I think more now it's like, okay, well, am I doing the right things does that mean if if the right thing is going for it as in the opportunities there i've earned my my spot then you have to take it i'm not going to just play it play it simple and basic if it's but that being said if it's not there then i'm not going to go for it right so i think i think the right word for the mentality of at least what i'm trying to do and what i'm sure everyone is trying to do is discipline so knowing when it's the right one and that's that. I think is the Experience. most important thing because you can't, you so can't not go for it, and you can't go for it. Right. You have you know? to. It's like case by case basis. Yeah, one hundred percent. Depending on what's going on in that match, yeah. and also depending on what happens in that point. Yeah. Like, you know, and you see this sometimes where somebody like you're down a match point, they serve the ball, and you see a player just go for a winner. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's some so Some people gutsy. have it. Yeah, yeah, and some people have that, and some mm. people. There are days when I, like... You would do you, that. I would do it. And, and I would say... Yeah. And then other days I'm like, you're going to make this a three-minute rally if right. you can. And, like, let's let us let them hit a 10. And you're not going to, you know, you're not going to do anything. Right. But then there are other days where you're like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And just have that that belief. And, and I mean, ever, I'm sure, look, I'm not a, a top-tier player as of yet. But I'm, I know that the top girls and the top guys all seem to, when they play those rallies, it's not that they're looking to, to score a point. Mm-hmm. And that's what the, essentially we're trying to do, right, is score points. Yep. And they're not trying to do that. They're trying to win a rally. They're not saying, how do I get to 11? They're saying, this rally, I want to win this rally. And I think that that's, that's the difference, maybe even between that the, the highest tier and maybe the next step down the ladder. The difference between scoring... A and point and I mean, scoring a point a and winning the rally. Yeah. 
That's really interesting. Um, so the last question we ask, uh, I've been asking is, um, do you remember the first day you played squash? And you probably yes. don't. Do you? I do actually. And oh, was not- this when you were five? Mm-hmm. T- yeah. Uh, tell me the story again. So I was five years old and my dad was playing in a tournament up at 86th Street at the New York Sports Club there. And I wanted to stay home. It was like snowing and it was terrible weather. And I was like, I have a new Mary-Kate and Ashley movie to watch at home. Like, Dad, come on, I'm not going to go. He's like, please, just keep me company, please. And I was like, oh, fine, I'll keep you company. And so I went up with him. And, you know, I had been sitting behind squash courts my entire life. You know, both my parents played. I spent how many hours in a stroller behind the court during, you know, babysitting hours. That was, that's just what it was. But for some reason this time... I was like, actually, I'm quite interested in what's going on out there. And I sat down, and I actually watched. And I'm five years old, so, you know, span the, the you know, focus is a little bit off. But I sat there for his entire match and watched, and I was, I was really, like, amazed. And hmm. I was like, my dad came off court, and I was like, when do I get to play? And he was like right now if you want to and I mean I'm sure he'd been praying for this day for five years but I I lifted the racket and I think and I don't really remember this particular part but my dad says to me that I tried to do what I had seen so I had seen these guys getting their rackets above their heads now five years old me trying to a regular racket was like hoisting it up and I couldn't quite get it, so my racket drops down, and apparently I hit, like, the perfect little roll corner. That was what it was called back in the day, the roll corner, like the hardball term. And, uh, yeah, and then that was it. And then it was, that was squash, and it was part of it. And that is such a great story. I remember, <laughs> I remember that. You had told me that about when you were five. Yeah. And you're like, when do I, when, when, do, I, when, when do I get to, uh, when's when, my turn? It's my turn, right? Yeah. I think that was probably the best, like... I remember, you know, I was into so many different things as, you know, kids are, you know, like I thought I was going to be in the ba- a ballerina, but I had been, I had been to the tournament of champions mm. since I was a, a baby, since it, since it was played in the winter garden, since it was played at the winter garden. You went to the winter garden. I went to the winter garden in a front pack. So, <laughs> so I had been around it for so long and, but for some reason that day was like, it clicked, it clicked and I was like, you know, I, I, I guess I'm going to do this. And, and I didn't realize what I was getting myself into, obviously, because here well, I am. That was 20, 18, yeah, 20 years later? 18 years later. 18 years later. And then still playing squash. So it's a good thing. I'm looking to challenge the most nationals ever played title. Really? That's my goal. Well, it's 62. I know. So, I've got uh, some time, though. I've been playing years? nationals how since many, I was nine. How many? You've played? Really? So, so how many years I mean, is that? I mean, we have to count the junior stuff too, no, right? No, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So nine years, so that's 14 already. Okay, good. So, so you only have, you know, 40-something. Yeah, that's nothing. That's nothing. So yeah, my you got to really start. I got to, like, I got to get into it now. And I have to keep the longevity factor still a factor. So So one yeah. thing uh, I, I tell, I've told my son this three or four times now, um, uh, the, the, the first time that uh, Amanda played a match, Amanda Sobey played a match, uh, a tournament match, was against you. 
Mm-hmm. And you were up nine love, nine love, and serving at eight love. Yeah. Is that right? I was. And I, 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 I tell them the story, like, you know, anyway, tell, tell the story again about you're up nine love, nine love, eight love. And, I mean, the poor, she had tears in her eyes. And I right. was only 12. She was only 12. Or, and I was like, I feel really bad. Yeah. This is not nice. So I served out on purpose, which probably maybe the right thing right thing to do, but maybe the wrong thing to do too. I don't know. And then I hit the ten because back in the day you had to earn, yeah. you know, basically two points for one. Right. And I and then you won you won the next point and, and then served out. Right. Yeah. And she says that she got off the court and just like burst into tears. Yeah, there was a lot of tears. But you know, that's that's it though, isn't it? That's that's how crazy squash is. I remember that was my first. I nine love nine love nine love, and I thought that the world was over. And I was seven. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna play squash again. So that happened to you. That oh, happened yeah. to you losing nine love nine love. Ellie Foster, Westchester squash. Dang, yeah. You remember that? <laughs> that's course. your that's your worst loss. My worst loss, and I was <laughs> devastated. Like I thought, oh my god, I'm never gonna be able to play squash again right. because it just didn't. I was seven years old. Right. So when my dad was like. I'm going to have to tell Pat that we're going to pull out of the consolation. I was like, oh, what's the consolation? Like, that I could play again. And I think that's that's all of our fears all the time is that we want to, we don't want it to end, right? You just yeah. want to keep playing. You just, you know, every win is another chance to play again. Right. Another chance to go and do something and to be powerful in that moment. And then when it ends, you're like, oh. The finality of it. Yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, that sucks. That's not fun. I want to go do it again. And that's that's the beauty of sport, really. And that's what keeps you coming back for more. It's like, oh, I'm going to have that next chance, you know? So. so do you think, looking back, like, do you wish that girl, when uh, whoever you just mentioned, that when you were seven, like, do you wish that she'd given you a point, more or less, you no. know? No. Yeah. Not at all. Because actually, the more I think about it, the... It was respect. She showed me respect. Yeah. Not that I didn't show Amanda respect that time. I just, the girl was about to cry and well, I felt I know. really I mean, guilty. Right. You didn't really know her. No. And, and you're I, like, here's this girl about and the person. And I feel bad. Like she's, you know, I was the one seed and she's the 32nd seed right. and whatever. And I was like, okay. But if I had the chance now, I definitely wouldn't <laughs> give her that point. So <laughs> that's for sure. She can, I, I'll take that point back now. Thank you very much. Outside the Glass is brought to you by SquashProShop.com, our source for equipment, badminton, racquetball, paddle tennis, and, of course, squash. SquashProShop.com carries a great selection of squash rackets, sneakers, goggles, and grips, balls and bags from all the top manufacturers at the lowest prices. They offer fast and free shipping on orders over $25. In stock now are the new TechStream rackets from Prince, including the TechStream Pro Warrior 600, which is used by Rami Ashur. Also now in stock are the new Dinergy AP Series rackets from Technofiber, which are used by Miguel Angel Rodriguez, the Colombian cannibal. They carry a full line of footwear from ASIC, Adidas, Salming, and other manufacturers. For the best selection, prices, and service on the internet, visit squashproshop.com.